We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay hitting you with a solo recap of the Nets win over the Hawks, 124-107. Big thanks to Mikel Bridges, 42 points. Another star performance from Mikel. We're going to jump with that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Also give us a follow on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But before we jump into Mikel, who, like I mentioned, had another star performance, looking at this game for the Nets, it really started to pick up in that second quarter in which they beat the Hawks 34-22. to but this game ended in the third when the Nets outscored the Hawks 42-24. to So in the middle portion of this game, the second and third quarter, the Nets outscored the Hawks 76-46. to You know, a big reason for this win, three-point shooting, 15-33 from deep, 49-88 of from the field for 50% from the field. Really good shooting numbers, really good shot making from the Nets. But a lot of that was sharing the basketball. You know, we saw a lot of drive and kick, a lot of in and out in this game. 33 assists on 49 main field goals. You know, Jacques Vaughn talked about that after the win over the Rockets. You know, generating those assist numbers is huge and also knocking down your shots. You know, we've talked about three-point variance with this team a ton. Tonight, they knocked down those threes. A lot of good shooting nights for Dorian Finney-Smith, who had one of his best games and arguably his best game as a net. Mikel Bridges, 5-8 from three. Joe Harris, 3 of six. You know, getting those type of contributions from the shooters and guys maybe that you don't expect in Dorian, who was four of six, is huge. And that's going to drastically impact the offense. And I thought defensively in this game, they really leaned into their personnel and some of their advantages, and that's switching. You know, they were out early switching on Trey Young, really disrupting his game, who had one of his worst games of the season, scoring 10 points, 3 of 12 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. Just really was not effective out there. It was a, a team low, minus 33 for the Hawks. You know, when you can shut down or disrupt the other team's best player, you're doing something really well defensively. And obviously, you know, the Hawks, not an amazing team, really struggled from deep in this game, 8 of 37. But it also was guys the Nets felt comfortable giving those three-point shots to, and they didn't knock them down. So I thought defensively, the Nets had a nice game plan. Really, the only time defensively where they didn't look great was the end of the first quarter and early second quarter. And those were a lot of Dayron Sharp minutes. And we've talked about Sharp in the past, you know, who's had a really good two weeks for the Nets. Switching is not 
his greatest skill, and he's going to struggle going against some really good shot makers and you know, not necessarily Trey Young in this situation, but DeJounte Murray, Boyan Bogdanovich were able to get their shots off and really generate offense for the Hawks. But throughout the rest of the game, you know, Vaughn went with Clax or he went with Dorian Finney-Smith at center. So good adjustments in this one, a good game plan, and just really good offensive execution. And when you're getting a great performance out of your best player, Mikel Bridges, who, as I mentioned, scored 42 points, 16 to 24 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 3 offensive, 3 assists, 1 steal, 3 turnovers, and a team high plus 30, or uh, sorry, second highest plus minus on a team at plus 30. The highest was Dorian Finney-Smith at plus 32. But looking at what Mikel did in this game, you know, we just continue to see him grow and develop his confidence and also just his level of comfort in being a lead player for a team. You know, it's been mentioned on the broadcast, it's been mentioned over the course of the season since he was traded to Brooklyn. This is a new role for him. You know, in Phoenix, other than games where guys were injured, garbage time or whatever it was, he was typically, you know, the third or fourth option on that team. And now in the Nets, he's the number one option. And I thought tonight you really saw his comfort level take, you know, another step forward, you know, looked really good attacking from the top of the arc, you know, in a mismatch against solid defenders, whoever it was, Mikel was really comfortable getting to his spots in the mid-range, which he does not need very much room, just a slight advantage to get a shot off with his ability to have such a high release point with his elevation is also his ability to fade and hit those shots in motion is huge. But we also saw some really nice drives in this game. You know, I thought him mixing up his layup package a little bit. That's a huge step. Multiple pull-up attempts from three, as we've talked about in the past, that's going to be a giant step for him. You know, if he can solidify being a pull-up three-point shooter off the dribble, that's going to be a game changer because of what he can do on other aspects of the floor. And, you know, we talked about that layup package taking another step. Mentioned, you know, we saw some good attempts there tonight. It's just going to be these little areas of growth because he already does something really, really well, and that's attacking the mid-range and making tough shots. You know, he's becoming a tough shot maker. We saw him had a ridiculous, you know, horse-level shot on an off- uh, uh, on a play in which his shot was blocked. He was able to get the ball back and shoot it from behind the backboard, and it just looks so natural. You know, it's just really good to see him develop, and it's really exciting to see what he could potentially become after another off-season of development and really honing in his new skills. I think... There's more room for him to grow as a passer. I think there's some real potential there. You know, he's had a lot of success when he gets underneath the rim and finding guys where he can really see the floor. You know, I think now it's kind of anticipating, reading different coverages and understanding how the defense is going to play him and who's going to be the guy that's open on this Nets team. And the guy that was open tonight was Dorian Finney-Smith, as we talked about, having one of his best games as a net, finished with 19 points, 7 of 10 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 8 rebounds, 2 offensive, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 0 turnovers, just looked really good, you know. Knocking down threes is going to make you look really good, but also we just saw Dorian, you know, drive and kick a little bit more, had a really nice layup finish that was an and one in this game, you know, was impactful on the boards. I think he had six of his eight rebounds in the first quarter, just finding a way to impact the game and really live up to the hype that we thought we were getting in that trade with uh, Kyrie Irving and the Mavericks. So really happy for Dorian, and hopefully this can kind of be a continuing trend for him taking those strides forward. And obviously he's not going to shoot seven of 10 and four or six every night, but if we can get, you know, 50% of that, you know, two of six, maybe five of 10 from the field, you know, get a 10 to 12 points, get the rebounds. I thought he had some really nice defensive possessions in this game. 
that's going to be huge. It's really just about him not being a net negative offensively in giving the opposing team a safety valve. You know, a guy they can sag off of and really cut off drives or cut off rolls to the rim for clocks or whatever it is. So he's going to be a game changer if he can play not even at this level, but 80% of this level offensively and what he can do for the offense because other guys have really stepped up and he was kind of just becoming the option to sag off of, the option to give those wide open looks to. But moving over to Nicholas Claxton, 14 points, 6-7 from the field, 2-4 of from the free throw line, 12 rebounds, 3 offensive, 5 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers. Clax was just bringing the juice, the energy. You know, we saw... Some different things from him offensively in this game. You know, I thought he had a really nice face-up possession on DeJounte Murray that ended up with him getting to the free-throw line. We know what he can do defensively, and I thought he did an excellent job, and I thought Vaughn did a nice job of utilizing Clax's skill set and allowing him to get out there and try to contain Trey Young and try to contain DeJounte Murray. So Clax continuing to showcase his ability. Five assists, also a really nice number for him, too. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But moving on from Claxton, looking at Cam Johnson, who had another solid game. You know, wasn't a 30-point performance, but put up 16 points, 7 of 13 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3, 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 0 turnovers. We talked about Cam Johnson kind of just finding his rhythm. You know, it would have been nice if he continued his hot trend from 3, but... We'd like to see him attack in the rim, and he did that a couple times in this game. You know, he had a nice dunk in front of Clint Capella, a semi-poster in the second half, you know, was able to get an and one on that play, and we're also seeing the Nets utilizing his ball handling a little bit more. And 
Again, we've talked about in the last show, he's not necessarily this great ball handler, not this amazing creator, but he can do enough. And he just has enough of that skill set where maybe you add him out there with a Royce O'Neal and, you know, another semi ball handler in Mikel Bridges, wherever it might be. Now you feel like you have enough on the floor because of just this little bit of creation. I think Cam Johnson does a really nice job of staying under control, especially when he's running the pick and roll. And he's not... He's not overly aggressive in trying to take a shot. He understands that sometimes it's just to generate an advantage for the offense. And that's something I thought he's he's definitely showed some flashes of having potential in that area in an area maybe where he can continue to improve over the offseason. And also, I thought a nice shot from Cam Johnson this game, really being active defensively. I thought there were some really good rotations from him. Uh, as I mentioned, a couple steals in there too. So continuing his positive trend to play and looking like the player that wants to get paid this summer. And the Nets are going to have to do that, especially with the free agent market being so limited. But getting over to Spencer Dinwiddie, nine points, three and nine from the field, one of three from three, two of two from the free throw line, four rebounds, 12 assists, two steals, two turnovers. Spencer didn't didn't need to be that scorer tonight, wasn't necessarily super aggressive in that area, but he was able to utilize his ability to get downhill to generate assists. You know, 12 assists is exactly what you want to see from Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, he's allowing Mikael Bridges to cook. He's setting up Cam Johnson. He's setting up, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, even, you know, got Joe Harris a couple times, who also is bouncing back as a three-point shooter. But Spencer really is starting to find his balance. You know, I think the three-point shot would be nice if he found that a little bit more consistently, but at the very least, his bad games, at least shooting-wise, he's still generating a lot offensively for this team in terms of assists, and that's huge because of the lack of creation and ball handlers on this roster. But getting over to Joe Harris, who I mentioned, finished tonight with 11 points, four of eight from the field, three of six from three, one assist, one steal. Joe is quietly getting back to being the three-point shooter we expected him to be coming into the season. And even athletically and mobility-wise, I think he's starting to trend in a more positive direction. You know, probably still not that guy that he was pre-ankle surgery, but he's looked a little bit more spry and just a little bit more active. And I think maybe the lesser minutes has helped that and also just an understanding of his role. He's He's been a lot more aggressive in terms of coming in the game and just pulling up from three. You know, I think his first two attempts almost came in the first 90 seconds seconds of game time that he was in the in this one so credit him for understanding what he can do out there also had a really nice cut in this game and he even had a decent rotation or two in this one so Joe Harris being a contributor off the bench is always going to be important Uh, moving over to Royce O'Neal who's been a solid contributor since the trade deadline not necessarily his flashiest uh, stat line but still filled filled up the stat sheet five points two of five from the field one of three from three four rebounds six assists did have three turnovers but Royce doing his thing you know just continuing to be that solid player off the bench that provides you a little bit of a spark you know only hit his hit one three but it was the first three coming into the game you know the first three he took in this one so that was huge and I think Again, just giving him props for his post defense, had Clint Capella down there one play and forced a miss, you know, just kind of stonewalled him on the block, made him uncomfortable, and he ended up missing the bunny. And Royce has been incredible in terms of his post defense for a guy his size. So really happy to see that. Over to Seth Curry, finished with eight points, four or seven from the field, 0-2 from three, one assist. Uh, Seth came in and did, you know, what Seth wants to do and where he can kind of contribute to this team is scoring. You know, he was able to attack Trey Young and get a couple buckets defensively, has his shortcomings, and maybe shouldn't have saw time in the second half. But overall, you know, wasn't a terrible game, wasn't a great game for Seth Curry. Over to Dayron Sharp, who we mentioned to start this one. Just not a great matchup for Dayron, especially with the game plan the Nets had 
uh, defensively in this one. And also, I think another area of Sharp needs to drastically improve is his hands. You know, I think the first three times the ball came his way, you know, either on a pass or a rebound, we're just, just not able to solidify it, just not able to kind of pull that thing in and grab it and hold it down. And that's that's an area that he needs to improve, especially for a guy that's a big physical big. You know, you want to kind of be a vacuum down there and just kind of suck up the ball, get as many rebounds as possible, catch everything coming your way, and really make it difficult to pop the ball out of your hands. And Daron doesn't have that skill yet, something he can really work on this summer to maybe take his game to the next level, especially with his size and strength down there. But, you know, the Nets are making progress, and this was – a nice win. You know, the Hawks, again, not an amazing team, a playing team, but a team that had just beaten the Nets in the last month. You know, they beat them on February 26th on a Trey Young game winner. And the Nets just looked like a substantially better team. And they looked like they had the best player on the floor, Mikel Bridges, who thoroughly outplayed uh, Trey Young and had a better game than DeJounte Murray. And if Mikel is going to play at this, you know, top 25 player level. It's it's a big step for the Nets. And it's also a big step when the other starters play well. You know, a lot of those losses in that five-game losing streak, we just talked about guys playing poorly. You know, be it Cam Johnson, be it DFS, be it Spencer Dinwiddie, even Nick Claxton a couple games, and Mikel having a couple off nights, and the Nets just not having enough. It's when this group can find rhythm, find a good pace, and just look comfortable out there, it's huge. And some of that too is the Hawks defense wasn't good. And I think they allowed the Nets to really get to their spots and move with comfort and pass the ball with comfort. I think where the Nets get in trouble is when teams are playing them aggressive, playing them physical and really trying to disrupt their what they're doing and forcing them to make tough passes given they don't have great passing on this team. You know, Spencer is a good passer for a point guard, but after that, there's a lot of you know, okay, maybe slightly above average to below average guys. And in different matchups, that really sticks out. But I think an area that makes it easier to get your passes off and get to your position is playing with pace. And it's not always pushing super hard in transition. It's sometimes that semi-transition. And I thought we saw a lot of that in this game where it's just a slight advantage for the offense and not allowing the defense to get set up. And that really allowed a lot of Nets players to generate offense or generate an assist or a good pass or just some movement to get things moving for this team. And at times they didn't. It was because, you know, Mikel or Cam Johnson or Spencer had a great matchup in ISO. And if that wasn't the case, Jock Vaughn felt like was calling a timeout. So overall, really good game from the starters. A good game from Vaughn, I thought, with the game plan and, you know, maybe a couple questionable moves in the rotation still with Seth Curry getting minutes over Edmund Sumner, you know, That'd be something maybe I look to adjust, especially given you know you're putting Joe Harris and Seth Curry on the floor together. You know, arguably two of your three worst defenders on the team. Maybe put Sumner in there, and that can give you just enough boost, or can give you that extra ball handling, a little bit more energy, and obviously better defense. But we'll see how it plays out rotation wise, and just kind of taking a quick look in the standings. Now the Nets are gaining more ground on Miami. Uh, Atlanta was. Not necessarily a threat at this point. You know, four games back, the Nets solidified the season series as well. Now have the tiebreaker over Miami, over Atlanta, the tiebreaker over Toronto. So that sixth seed, I don't want to say is locked up, but it looks very, very likely that's a spot the Nets are going to finish this season. And hopefully they can continue this positive trend of good basketball over the course of the rest of the year before the postseason and hopefully can get a very competitive series with Philadelphia in which Jack and I'll talk about a lot more moving forward. But as always, big thanks to everybody listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.